We're starting, we're continuing on the Pirkei de Beliezer's Drush on the stories of Megillus Esther that have to do with Purim. Last, the last parak was sort of like a, in a way an introduction to the stories of Purim. And now it's going to go through the story of Purim, um, adding all kinds of interesting details. Now, if you really look in the Radal and the Marzu and the other Mepharshim, they're very busy with where did Pirkei Dabliyazer see exactly everything that it says in the Psukim and what exactly is the Joshua that Pirkei Dabliyazer is trying to bring out. I don't want to dwell on those type of things. So we're, we're just going to read through it and take what it says at, at value and, and, and work with what it says. We're not going to try to see exactly how everything fits back into the Psukim and wh- what, it's, what exactly is it expounding on. Fine, let's begin the paragraph. That's a Pasuk. It was a man, a Jewish man in Shushan Abira, Ushmoi Mordechai, Ben Yoyer, Ben Shimi, Ben Kish, Ishimini. That's what it says in the Pasuk. Rabbi Shmaya Oimer, Rabbi Shmaya says, Vichi loy haya Yehudi b'Shushan Abira, Ela Mordechai Bilvad. Was there no other Jews in Shushan, the capital, except for Mordechai? Mordechai was the only Jew in Shushan? What is saying, Ish Yehudi b'Shushan Mordechai? As if there were no other Jews? Vaxi v'Yehudi m'Asher b'Shushan. In the end of the Megillah, it talks about the Jews in Shushan had an extra day to kill their enemies. So we know that there were Jews in Shushan. So why does it say, oh, there was a Jew named Mordechai? There were other Jews. There were other Jews. So why is it singling out Mordechai? You know, the Gemara says, Ish Yehudi, that the Mordechai's mother's family was from Yehuda, and his father's family was from, from Binyamin, Ish Yemini. So he is an Ish Yehudi and an Ish Yemini. But the Radal says that Pekka Dabalizer didn't like what the Gemara says because usually we don't deal with the mother's family. The Torah doesn't usually speak about a person's mother's family as his family. It doesn't, he's not, he's not, he's not, his lineage is not given after his mother's family. It's usually given after the father's family. So the Pekka Dabalizer didn't like that, Jush. So why is he called the Ish Yehudi? Says the Medrash. Yes? When did we start going by uh, the... Uh Patriarchal lineage regarding whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Kohen. It's a different question. It's not. It's not. Not a simple question. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with, with the complicated sugyas in Yevamos and whatever. Whether, whether we say Eved va'akum habal basisol, if the kid is a mamzer or the kid is kosher, and when that means kosher, doesn't mean it's kosher, but he's a Jew. It doesn't mean kosher, but he's a guy. It's a completely different topic. So why is he called Ish Yehudi? Yehudi Tzadik. He was a righteous Jew. Uven Avais literally means he was the son of fathers. Achashav Yichus Umizera Hamalucha, and he was a descendant of the royal family, like we mentioned in the previous pasuk that he was a descendant of Shaul Hamelach. Mordechai was the son of Shaul. Vayaisek b'Torah Koyomov, and Mordechai was learning Torah his whole life. And in his mouth never entered forbidden foods. That's why Mordechai is called the Ishihudi. Not because as if to say he's the only Jew, but as rather as if to say he was the quintessential Jew. He's the Ishihudi. He's the he's the the, the, the the proper Jew that we should be looking up to. Mordechai is the Ishihudi. Shaul was disgraced because he did one one wrong thing exactly not exactly the way Hashem wanted it, but Bedera Claudius it would he say lost, that he lost it. You're right. Yeah. So why would why would uh, Rebbeleza make reference to something that was cut off? I mean, basically the royalty was cut off. So we we, we mentioned in in, in Parak Memtes an idea that that sort of because Shaul was the one who left over Agag and didn't kill Adamalek, so it's going to be Dafka from his descendants that are going to be the ones that are going to be Zeichah to, to, to take the final blows to Amalek. Right, to do the Tikkun. So Mordechai, as his descendant, it has a special advantage that he's supposed to come to do that Tikkun. Ushmoi Mordechai. It says in the passage his name was Mordechai. 
What, so the, now the, the Medjah is going to make a drasha on the, on the, on the name Mordechai. Why is Mordechai called Mordechai? Because his tefillah would come in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu like Mordechai. Mordechai means um, smashed myrrh. Myrrh is one of the spices that they were supposed to put in the in the, in the Kateris and in the Shemin Amishcha. So Mordechai is smashed myrrh. The, the tefillah of Mordechai came in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu like smashed myrrh. And the, the Radal explains that just like the Kateris has the ability to, to take away a Kaddish Baruch Hu's wrath. Like, let's say, for example, we find in Parshish Kairach that there was a Mangefa and, and, and a Meshav and said, quickly, go bring the Kateris. And Aaron brought the Kateris and then Mangefa and Ne'atzara. It stopped right away. So the, the Kateris has this ability to bring about what, what was supposed to be a calamity and, 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 and stop it. So too, Mordechai, through his tefillah, had the ability to take what was supposed to be a, a you know the the final the final solution to the Jewish people their destruction. Mordechai brought it about, and it became a big victory for the Jews. What 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 the Medrash over here is sort of hinting to is actually a very interesting Gemara in Mesachas Chulin. I'm going to read to you the Gemara, and we're going to explain it in a moment. At least we're going to bring one shot in the Gemara in a, in a few moments. But the Gemara is a Chulin Daf Kufla Metesamid Beis. You may have heard this before. It's a famous Gemara. It, n- n- most people don't know what it means, Bukhal, but this is what it says. It's talking about the sugya of Shiloh Hakain, which has to do with if you find um, a, a nest of birds and you have to send away the mother. So it says like this. Amadir of Papunai of Masna. Papunai said to Masna, he asked him a bunch of questions. He said, if you find a nest, a bird, a bird's nest on top of a person's head, what's the halacha? Omar, so he answered back, the pasuk in Shmuel Bezes, Vadama al Okay, could be that means that, that yeah, Yochayev in Shiloh Hakim. And then he asked another question. Meishem in the Torah minayin. How do you know Meishem bin in the Torah? Because so he answered back, it says the pasuk, Bishagamu basar. Then he asked another question. Haman in the Torah minayin. How do you know Haman in the Torah? So he answered back, Hamin ha'etz. That's talking about when, when, when Adam ate from the, from the Eitz Adas. So Hashem said to him, Hamin ha'etz. From the tree that I told you not to eat, did you eat from it? Huh? Esther mina terminai. Then he asked, where do we know Esther from the Torah? So he answers back, it says in the Pasuk, V'onrichi haster astir. In Parshas Nitzavim, Hashem says that he's going to hide himself from, from B'nai Yisrael. There's going to be a point in history where Hashem is going to be hidden. V'onrichi haster astir. Okay, Mordechai in the Torah. How do we know Mordechai in the Torah? It brings another pasuk because it says Dichsiv. It says in the pasuk, and people say that it's talking about Keteris, but it's not talking about Keteris. It's actually talking about Shem and Mishcha, and it says in the pasuk Kach Lachab B'Samim Raish Mordoror. Take Mordoror, which means um, smashed myrrh. If you look in Targum over there, it says what does it mean Mordoror? Mira Dachia. Smashed mer dacha means or, or dacha actually could also mean uh, pure, but lachar means smashed mer. <coughs> so mer dacha is similar to the name Mordechai, So that's Mordechai in a term in This is this is a gemara that many people have come to try to give various explanations to what in the world it means. Okay, so I think that we'll, we'll get back to this gemara in a few moments. But I think that that's what the Medrash over here is sort of um, alluding to this Medrash, where it says that why is it called Mordechai? Because it's Philo, would go in front of Gashbach, like Mordechai, it's referring to this Gemara. Ben Yair, so says his name is Mordechai Ben Yair, the son of Yair. So the Medrashtarshans show him Meir Panin Balacha, that he would enlighten people's faces with Halacha. Yair from Lashon of Enlightening. Ben Shimi, why is Mordechai called the son of Shimi? Shiatla Karol is David. Is referring to Shimi bin Gera, who in Sefer Shmuel had the had had the um, was was the person who came out after David Amalek's um, uh, defeat, whatever. He came out and he cursed David Amalek. So 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 he he was from Shevet of of Shaul. He, he was from Binyamin. So Mordechai is apparently a descendant of Shimi bin Gera. 
So what's the chashivus of that, of being a descendant of Shimon Kira? So the Marzu explains that the Gemara Mesachis Brachis and Tafches says that Shimi bin Gera, he wasn't Stam a guy who came out and cursed David and Malach. It was Stam a guy who came out and cursed the king. The 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 the, the made a point of it. People curse the king all the time, right? So who cares? So the the fact that the term made a point of saying that this guy went and he cursed David and Malach, that shows us that, that this guy there's there's something chosh about it. We actually care about what he says. So the Gemara says that Shimi bin Gera was the Rebbe of Shlomo Malach. He was the guy that David Amalek hired as a private tutor for his son. So you see that he is a chosh of a person. He was a, the Gemara says, they, they, they say he was a god, he was one of the G'dayli Adar. And he went out and cursed David Amalek. But, 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 fine, so he made a mistake or whatever his cheshven was about why he cursed David Amalek. But the point is that he was a chosh of a person. And over here the Medrash is saying that Mordechai was the descendant of that chosh of a person. Ben Kish. So uh, Mordechai is a descendant of Kish. Shehi Kish al dal say rachamim v'niftechuloi. The Medrash is making a drasha. Hikish is like a lashon of knocking that he knocked on the doors of rachamim and they opened for him. The Radal says an interesting point over here. <coughs> and it says like this: There's a there's a Mishnah in Mesachas Shkolim. The Mishnah Misachas Shkolim talks about the names of all the different people that were in charge of different things in the second base of Megdash. Parak Hey, Mishnah Aleph. And it says in the Mishnah, um, the, the person in charge of the Kinim, the person in charge of, of, of the women who had to bring uh, uh, birds, a Chadas and a Oila, in order to become Tahar, and other people that had to bring birds, are Kinim Psachya. There was a person in Psach, he was in charge of the, of, of the birds. And the, the Mishnah says, Zehu Mordechai. Psachia is Mordechai. Vuloma Nikrishimai Psachia. So why is Mordechai called Psachia if his name is really Mordechai? Shore Pisach Dvarim Bidarshan Vyadea Beshivimashan. Because Psachia, or Mordechai, he was Psach Dvarim, he opened with words. Vidarshan, and he would be able to darshan words. Vyadea Beshivimashan, and he knew 70 languages. Before Shimon was there, Misachah Shkolem got to explain exactly why that was needed in order to be in charge of the different, uh, uh, in order to be in charge of the birds in the base of Megdash. One shot is because women from all over the world had to come to bring their karbonas. So you could have a woman coming from this country and she's speaking this language and you don't know what she's talking about. And another woman coming from this country, you don't know what she's like. So you have to have somebody who knew all the different languages. Okay. The Taklin Chadatin. Which is from uh, Mayor Mish- uh, Mandel Mishklov, the Talmud of the Vilna Gaon. He says this pshat. Masachah Shkolem. Alkaponim, we see that the, the Mordechai was known as Psachia. So says the Radal. Another reason why, because he was Pesach with Dvarim with Darshan, says the Radal over here in Pirkei Zavliyazer. He says another reason why Mordechai is called Psachia, because we said over here why is he called Ben Kish. Because he would knock on the doors of Rachamim v'niftechuloi, so you could say that Psachia is a, is a remnant to that idea that Mordechai would knock on the doors of Rachamim with his davening and, and they would open for him. Because Psachia, you could read it as Psachka. Hashem opened. Hashem opened the doors that were otherwise closed. Meaning, meaning when Hashem made a gzera that this is this and this is going to happen, and he davened and was able to overturn that gzera, he opened the door that was closed. He, or he made that Hashem opened the door that was closed, so he's Psachia. That's what the Radal says. Now, I want to go back to that Gemara we were saying before. The Gemara said, Mordechai min minayin. The question is, where do we know Mordechai from the Torah? And the Gemara said, because it says in the Pasuk, Mordechai min Tergerminan miradachia. What's the question? Mordechai min minayin? What do you, where's Mordechai in the Torah? What's it says in Megillah Sester, Mordechai, what's the... So, the Teret in Parshas Kisisa has a word like this. If you look, it could be the, the, the... I don't remember if he said it like this, or, or this was my own edition, but if you look at all the names over there that the Gemara is discussing, it says, Moshe Minatermenayin, Haman Minatermenayin, Esther, and Mordechai. All, of, all four of these names... Are, are not names that come from Moshe Nakodesh. 
Moshe Pashas Lulu, we discussed in, I discussed in my book if the name Moshe comes from Moshe Kodesh or not, but it could be Pashtas, it comes from, from Egyptian. Haman Lachara was not a, not a Jewish name. Esther is also not a Jewish name. Could be her Jewish name was Hadassah. Like the Gemara says, Mordechai Pashtas was also not a Jewish name. In fact, the name Mordechai is related to, remember if we discussed last week, um, the son of Nebuchadnezzar, his name was Evil Merudach. We said that, that Merudach, and we have also Blad and Merudach also, and we also have other, other Babylonian kings we mentioned, the um, one that was not mentioned in Tanakh, Labashi Merudach. All these names, Merudach, are coming from, are related to the Babylonian god of Mar- named Marduk. That's the name of the Ravadans, Marduk. So Mordechai is also the the, the name Mordechai sounds like a name of Avodah Zarah. It sounds like Meruach or Marduk. It's, it's related to comes from the same family. The word so Luchayah sounds like the name of Mordechai is some sort of name of Avodah Zarah. We also find now to say that the name of Mordechai comes from the name of Avodah Zarah is not so bad because we find in Sefer Daniel that when Daniel became a chosh of a person, so in the beginning of Daniel. So Nebuchadnezzar, he, he gave Daniel a special name. What he called him? He called Daniel Belshazzar. Not to be confused with Belshazzar, who was, the, who was the Nebuchadnezzar's, uh, let's say, grandson's name. But he called Daniel Belshazzar with a test. So we see that and the, the name, one of the other names of Avodah of in Bava was Baal. Or maybe Baal is related to Baal as well, I'm not sure. But, but there's another uh, Babylonian Avodah Baal. So he, so Nebuchadnezzar basically named Daniel the name that he would give his god, Belshazzar. So you see that you give a name of a god to a chash of a person. So Kubi, they gave Mordechai, because Mordechai was working in the, in the palace, whatever, he had a chash of a name, so they called him Mordechai, which was sort of, somewhat named after the Vaynezar. What? Kubi, there's such a thing. But the third Tumimah says like this. Really, the name of Mordechai, Mordechai's name was really Psachia. That's the, the, what the Torah Tzimah says. He says that the Gemara says this. Now, if you look in the Gemara, the Sachas Megillah, the Gemara doesn't actually say this. In fact, the Gemara Megillah doesn't even mention the name Pesachim. It's coming from Shkolem or whatever. But for some reason, the Torah Tzimah understood that the, the Mordechai's real name, all his friends called him Pesachim. By his breast, they said Pesachim. So why does the Torah call him Mordechai? Why in Megillah's Esther, we repeatedly call him Mordechai? His name was really Pesachim. So for that... So th- that, that's what the Torah understands is the Gemara's question. Mordechai made a Torah minai. Why Mordechai? Why not his real name? Psachia. <coughs> so the Gemara's answer is because the Torah wanted to say a, a, a special Jewish to be Miramis, let's say on the Korach of Mordechai's davening, that his davening is like Ktaris or, or, or like the Shemin or Mishra. Or, or, fine. So that, that, that's the answer. But the question was that really his name is Psachia. Okay, that, that's the Torah, what the Torah says. I don't, I don't, as I said before, I don't agree with what the Tertius says because I don't think that his real name was, was Pesachim. He says that, the, that it's a Gemara Megillah. The Gemara Megillah doesn't say that, Pachlal. That's first of all. Second of all, I think that it sounds like from the, the Gemara, the, the Mishnah Shkolem, that his real name was Mordechai. Because it says that Alakinim was a certain a guy named Pesachim. And then it says, Pesachim, he's Mordechai. And why is he called Pesachim? And then it says, like a whole Jewish, why is he called Pesachim? That sounds like really what? Misach Shkolim Perak Aleph Perak Hey Mishnah Aleph. Yeah. So, if you say that Mordechai really was his name, but it wasn't, it still wasn't a Jewish name. Right. So if if his real name was 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 Psachia, so why is that saying? Oh, why is he called Psachia is Mordechai? So why is he called Psachia? You should say the opposite. Mordechai is Psachia, so why is he called Mordechai? Because whatever reason. But it sounds like from the Mishnah that his Iker name is Psachia, not Mordechai. But according to what you're saying, it, it would suggest that they were in a fairly advanced stage of assimilation. Why? He didn't have a Jewish name. They didn't have Jew- a lot of them didn't have Jewish names, it sounds like. Good point, but wasn't he exiled from Israel? Oh. I think he was in the first exile I think that, that you have to know exactly how to read the Pasuk. Because the Pasuk says, 
Pekitzer, Rashi, Rashi says what you said, Pashtus, but other Mepharshim will read it differently. They read it, they're like, Then you can say that, that this Ben Kish Ishimini, It's not necessarily going back on Mordechai. It could be it's going on one of his ancestors. But, but the Pashtus is that it is going on Mordechai. And Mordechai was an old man at this point. But, but it could be that it was going on one of his ancestors. Al-Koponim, that's, that, that's one, one question that I had on, on the Tartimah. The other question is a similar thing. The Gemara Mesechas Megillah on Daft Tazvah says that there, there were three, the, th- the last three of the Nevi'im were Chagai, Malachi, and Zechariah. And the Gemara in Megillah says that Malachi is not who you think it was. Malachi is actually another name for somebody who, who you're more familiar with. So the Gemara brings a few explanations of who is Malachi. One of them is that Malachi is Ezra. Okay. Another one of the explanations is that Malachi is Mordechai. So if you're in the, and then the Gemara says, well, if Malachi is Mordechai, so why is he called Malachi? And the Gemara brings the Jewish why it's called Malachi. But, but it, 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 so it sounds like from both of these places that his Iker name was, was, was Mordechai, not Psachio. Okay. Stam, I saw another, uh, one more interesting in the Kuda, in the, the Chida, and a few other Mepharshim will also bring this down after the Chida, but the Chida finds an interesting remez in the name Mordechai and the name Psachia. Both the names Mordechai and the name Psachia are five letters. And he says something really cool with the letters of him. If you take the, thir- the first three letters of the word Mordechai, Mem, Resh, Dalit, you take the first three letters of the word Psachia, Pei, Taf, Ches, you'll find that the letters of the word Psachia, each letter of, of the first three letters <coughs> is exactly double the first three letters of Mordechai. Meaning, Mordechai is Mem, which is 40, and then Psachia is Pei, which is 80. Then Resh of Mordechai is, is 200, Psachia is t- which is 400. And then the next letter, Dalet of Mordechai is 4, and the next letter of Psachia is Ches, which is 8. So the first three letters, Psachia, is double Mordechai. And then, in the last two letters of both names, you have the opposite. By Mordechai, you have Chaf Yud, which is 20 and then 10. And then, by, by Psachia, you have Yud and then Hey, which is 10 and 5. So by Mordechai, the last two letters are both, are, 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 each one is double, each one is double the last two letters of the word, of the name Psachia. Which shows that there's some sort of connection between these two names. Other than that, you know more about the what's the significance other than that? Just that there's a connection. Yeah, just, I, the Mufarshim talk about it, but this was the point that I wanted to bring up. But Rabbi Shimon Aimer. Rabbi Shimon says, Come and see how wise Mordechai was. Mordechai knew 70 languages. And the way the, the, the Radal's Gersa is, That's why Mordechai's name in Sefer Ezra is given as Mordechai Bilshan. Bilshan is like a Lashon of Lashon. He, he knew how to speak. And he was sitting in the gate of the, of, of the palace to, to make sure that Esther and her, and her maidens would not become impure with um, forbidden foods. And he heard two of the king's um, servants that were speaking in Lashon Kazdim, in the Chaldean language. And they said one to the other, Now the king is going to go for his afternoon nap. So when he wakes up from his nap, He's going to say to us, Give us some water. We're going to put poison in his golden, in, in his golden barrel and we're going to kill him. Mordechai was able to hear their, their speech, their language. Because right? we said that Mordechai knew 70 languages. 
and he went and he told Esther. And Esther went and told the king in the name of Mordechai that Mordechai said that these guys were going to kill us. And Esther told the king in the name of Mordechai. This time is interesting over here that it said that these two servants were speaking Belushan Kazdim in the Chaldean language. Uh, the Adel brings the Gemara says that they spoke Belushan Tursim. Because it's a, because it, their names were uh, Big Son and Seresh. Those are the names of the two, these two servants. And Seresh says the Radal is related to the place Tarshish, which I don't remember if we, we said or we didn't say in par- when we were learning about this the story of Yonah Parak Yod Aleph in Parak Yod. So Tarshish is Pashtas means Carthage. You know, with the North Africa, yeah. When Yonah was running away, he went away to North Africa because he's supposed to go to Iraq. So what's the opposite direction? You go to North Africa, right? Tarshish. So, so, so these people were Tarshishim. They were Carthagians or whatever, and and they were and the Gemara says they spoke Russian Tursi, which which the Radasa understood. That's the Russian that they spoke over there in Tarshish, and Mordechai was able to understand it, and nobody else was able to understand it because they were foreigners. But but our Medrash doesn't say that they, they were Tarshish and Tarsim, whatever. Our Medrash says they spoke Russian Kazdim, the Chaldean language. The Radal doesn't like this because the Radal says, what do you mean? You're over here in Shushan, Shushan, Paras, Bavol, it's all one big area. Of course people are going to understand Ka- the Chaldean language. Russian Kazdim, what, 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 first of all, why would they speak in a way that anyone could understand them about, about plotting to kill the king? Everyone's going to understand that. Second of all, what's the grace of of Mordechai that he was able to understand it? Everyone spoke Chaldean. These are Adal's questions. So, yeah, with, it's more okay. What? Mordechai was working in the, uh, the palace. Right. Okay. Wasn't it known? Didn't his position have to do with his, his knowledge of all these languages? Wasn't it, in other words, wasn't it known that he spoke a lot of languages that they would they would be on guard. They oh. would be <coughs> You're saying good. So I didn't speak this out, but a, a lot of them Afashim explained what's the Mordechai? Come and see the, the wisdom of Mordechai. Okay, we know he was from the Sanhedrin, he knew so many languages. What's the what's the whole wisdom? So the Mufashim said the wisdom was that he conducted himself in a way that nobody would realize that this guy is a genius and he knows seventy languages. He was he walked around like an unassuming person. That was the chokhmah. So his job in the palace had nothing to do with his uh, his knowledge of all well, these languages. First of all, I don't know that he worked in the palace. It doesn't say that he worked in the palace. It says that he was Yerusha Bashar Melch. And the and the marriage is saying because he wanted to make sure that, that everything is hunky dory with Esther. I don't know that he was for sure working in the palace. He's like a retired dying. I'm not sure Rashi said he was a general. He was a general? A general, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I don't know where he got it. What? They were at war. They were at war and, uh, and Haman uh, fell on... Well, there, there was no food or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah there's such a story. Mordecai, he was still... Yeah, I don't know. Where is that from? I don't know, it's a mirror somewhere. You heard it when you were a kid, but without without getting into too much arichus over here, I, I have a whole thing that I wrote once that that the Chaldean language is not Aramaic based on Tesis of Megillah, and and the Gemara Megillah says that a Kodesh was going to wipe out. We mentioned this pasuk. I don't have Gemara Megillah with me. Whatever. We mentioned the pasuk last week that Kodesh Baruch was going to wipe out the Chaldean language. Psalm She'er Nin Venechet something like that. Gemara says it's going to be that Hashem's going to wipe out the language. So it's it, it likely that by the time that Vashti was killed, she was one of the last people that actually spoke this language. So even though even though you know they were in that area, Shushan is next near, not so far from Bavel. Bavel is where the where the Kazdim lived. But by by this point in history already, the language was already on its decline. And there, there, there's two there's two languages that I'm that I'm thinking might be that like Russian Kazdim might be either Akkadian or Sumerian, which are both ancient languages that were flourished in the Bavel at that earlier, 
and then at some point, like all of a sudden, disappeared, and Aramaic was like reigned supreme over them. So it could be that when the Medrash says that they were speaking Russian Kazdim, it refers to that. Okay, I don't, I don't want to get more into that. I forgot to bring a copy here. Uh, okay, fine. So Ukushama the Malach Mishka Vatsaran, when the king woke up from his afternoon nap, he said to his two servants that were accustomed to giving him a drink, Hashkuni, give me something to drink. So they took the poison, which you were thinking that it was rat poison, but no, the Radal says that it was actually the venom of a snake, based on the Targum. He says that Stam poison is the venom of a snake. So they took the po- he t- they took the poison and they put the poison in his in his gold barrel. Take this this water and, and pour it in front of me. Now the, apparently you would be if you have poison in, in water and you pour the water on the floor, you'd be able to tell right away that there was poison in the water. So they didn't want him to they didn't want to do this. They said to him, our master the king. It's nice water. Hey, my name is good water. My name is cold water. My name It's clear water. It's just chaval. It would be a waste to pour it on the floor. You should take a drink. So it came up in my in my head. I want you to pour it. Pour it. You can't go against the mouth. They poured it in front of him, and they found the poison. And the king commanded that they should be hanged. And they were both hanged on a tree. So that's the downfall of the big son and Zeresh. Anything that happened in front of the king, anything that happened for the king, they would write it down and and they would leave it in his in his following cabinet. They would leave it for for, for posterity. And when he wanted to know about things, he wanted to look, I don't know, look into his history or whatever. So he would they would have it. They would ha- he would have them read it in front of him. They wrote down this matter that Mordechai told them. They wrote it. They wrote down this whole story that Mordechai told them about the king that that, that wanted to come. They told him, and then it was written down and was put in his in his in his archives. Fine. <coughs> says the Says, there were two people who were overly rich in the world. Kayach be Israel. Kayach, when we're talking about Jews, because Kayach found the hidden treasures of Yosef at Sadik. Stam, there's a Gemara Mesachas Psachim in on Daf Kufya Tesemalaf. Gemara says, Amar Reb Chama Bar Chanina. Shalosh Matmanias hit Min Yosef from Mitzrayim. Yosef hid three three treasures in Mitzrayim. Achas Nizgalal Kairach. One was revealed to Kairach. Achas Nizgalal Antoninus Ben Asvirus. One was revealed to Antoninus Ben Asvirus. From what I understand, was some sort of Roman king or, some, or emperor or something like that. Achas Ginuzel Tzadikim also lovey. And one third of Yosef's treasures are hidden for Tzadikim for the future. That's what the Gemara says. I wrote down on the side of my Gemara Psachim that it says in Targum Yenison that Kerak got two-thirds of Yosef's treasures, not one-third. But I didn't have a chance to look that up. So that's Yosef's treasures and, and, and Kerak is one of the overreached people in the world. Who's the other one? The Haman Bulmasailam. Haman, from amongst the Gentiles, was an overly rich person. <coughs> because Haman took the treasures, the storage houses of the kings of Yehuda and of the Oitzres of the base Kotche Akadoshim, the Russian of Oitzres base Kotche Akadoshim, the storage houses of the house of the Kotche Akadoshim, sounds like it's talking about the Kodesh Akadoshim, but I think that it doesn't literally, literally mean it because. I don't think that they were they stored gold and silver in the Kodesh Hakadoshim in the Kodesh Hakadoshim. 
the Kaddish Kaddishim was a tiny little room. It barely had room for the Aaron with the Luchas and whatnot in there. We know that the Aaron was Nignaz. So what's the Oitzvah's based Kaddish Kaddishim? So I, th- I think it doesn't literally mean Oitzvah's based Kaddish. It just means the, the, the treasures of the base of Migdash. The gold and silver of the base of Migdash. No, does that make sense, Rabbi Steiner? I have another I have another rather this is true in the end of the parak. But we'll see. So the king Achashver saw that Haman was very rich and that he had ten sons. So he wanted to make Haman become a more chash of a person and make him more, give him more power. On that day, the king made made the king Achashverosh made Haman ben Amdasa greater. And the king commanded that the entire nation, everyone should go and bow and prostrate themselves in front of Haman. What did Haman do? He took an idol, an idol and he had it embroidered on his clothing. Any, and it came out that anyone who bowed down to Haman would in fact actually be bowing down to this of that Haman had. He didn't accept upon himself to bow and prostrate himself in front of this disgusting thing of Haman. Mordechai did not bend his knees and he did not bow down. And Haman became very angry about him. And Haman said, These Jews, they always hated my fathers. They're, they're a bunch of anti-Semites. And now I'm going to tell the king and he's going to destroy them forever. So what did Haman do? He came in front of the king and he said to them, he said to the king, My master, the king, there is a nation which is scattered and separated around all the nations within all the, the within all the provinces of your sovereignty. And they do not do your will. And for you, it's not worthwhile to let them be. Rather, we should get rid of them. If it's good for the king, then take half of my money and give me power over them, dominion over them, and, and I'll take care of them for you. The king said to him, I'll give it to you for free. I have a better deal. I'll give it to you for free. You take care of them. You don't have to give me any money. There was a special Ruach HaKadosh came out and, and, and announced the Jews were sold chinam, they were sold for free, and they're going to be redeemed for, without without money. Just like you know, their downfall is going to be without money, <coughs> their the geula is also going to come about without money. Alright, that's what it says. Now, we go into the story of Haman making his making his uh, his lottery and how exactly he decided what he's going to do with the Jews. His final solution. Rabbi Yaisi says, "Astrugulus Godel Haya Haman." Haman was a big astrugulus. Says the Radal, it's a mistake. It's supposed to say astrulugus, not astrugulus. And then, of course, astrulugus means astrologer. Or as the Radal says, He looked into the stars. He was able to. Haman was an astrologer. He knew how to deal with the horoscope and the whatnot. The Chasav Igres Psakin and he wrote little slabs of paper and he cast lots. Leida ben Yaim leYaim uvein Mazal leMazal uvein Chedesh leChedesh to do to decide between a day and a day, a Mazal and a Mazal, and a month and a month. Shneimar it says in the pasuk, he poor. He cast lots. That was the lottery in front of Haman. He sent out messages to all the provinces 
to destroy and, and to kill and to wipe out all the Jews from the youth until the elders Taf v'nashim, children, women and children on the 13th of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar on a Tuesday in the Mazel of Aryeh that's what it says in the Medrash what? so the, when it says Mazel Aryeh it means Mazel Aryeh of the, of the days of the week so we, you have to know exactly how to cheshven the mazolos of the days of the week. But it's an interesting thing over here that according to the Medrash, Haman made three lotteries. It says, Miyayim liyayim, mazol mazol, and chaydish lachaydish. So the Gohar talks about how Haman, when he first made what month of the year, so it came out on other and he was very happy because that was the month that Moshe Rabbeinu died. The Gohar says he didn't realize that that was the month that he was born as well. Okay. <coughs> he made he made <coughs> he made a lottery to figure out what day, what month. And then it says he made a lottery to figure out what day of the month. And then it says bein mazel mazel. And the way the Radal explains it, basically, Holman made three three lotteries: one to know what month, what day of the month, and what day of the week. That's what the Radal says. So the Torah didn't speak about what day of the week because that has to do with. With, uh, that had to do with mazel and mazel, and the Torah doesn't want to speak about mazels because these are hidden type of things, so it didn't speak it out properly. But if you look in the Psukim, it says that the Haman made a girl to, to decide miyayim liyayim or mikhaydish lachaydish. And the Radah says that miyayim liyayim, from day to day, the word yayim liyayim means, means two different things. It means from day to day, mean day of the month, what day of the month, and day to day meaning what day of the week. And then mikhaydish lachaydish from, from which, which month. But this is what the Radal says. Now, I think I have a big question on what the Radal says. Because if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense. If you know what day of the month something is going to happen, then you know what day of the week it's going to happen. Uh-huh. Once, once he already decided that it's going to happen, Yud Gimel Adar, so you don't have to make another girl to tell you what day of the week. Whatever Yud Gimel Adar falls out on, that's what day of the week. Well, it also says, he also made a girl and it came out on Tuesday. Huh? First he did what day of the week? Day of the week, Tuesday. Okay, so he did Tuesday. And and, and, and not know which Tuesday of the month. Right. Now it's okay. Oh, so, oh, you saying you saying the question wasn't what day of the month? The question was which which week in the month? Which week in the month? It doesn't say that that the Radal first of all the Radal doesn't say that for sure. Rashi also doesn't say that. Rashi says Miyam was the Yarmul Khadash. It could, be a, it, it, could be a, it could be it could be it's a good answer, but it, but that's not what the sources say. The sources say a day of, what day of the month and then what day of the week. But if you have what day of the month, you have what day of the week. You, you, you hear the question? It could be that in generic terms, and also in the order, what day of the week first? Okay, what day of the month? Okay, what month? But it, but what day of the week and then what day of the month? Are it, 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 what if it doesn't come the out the same thing? The month is still generic. We don't know what month it is. The month itself is the last month. Fine, but once you have, if you're gonna have the month and the day of the month, then you don't. You're still not gonna need the day of the week. But you learned the. He's not. He's doing. He's doing the day of the week first. Okay. Yeah. He doesn't know anything else. Right. Okay. Then he does the the uh, day of the month next, not knowing what month it is. Okay. It's going to be the fourteenth of, of month. something. Yeah. Okay. Gets <coughs> the month. And then what? And what if what if the, the month? He eats all of them if you do it that way. What if the day of the month in that month doesn't fall out on that the week? It's not that easy. When he saw it was going to come out on one yom, the he he did not keep all shloshim yom in the chodesh. He only took the one that day. So that would be the answer. So you're saying it it it's not really what day of the month. It was really what days of the month that it could fall out on that that were left. Tuesday and Adar, we could choose. Well, you're saying the opposite of him because he's saying that we didn't know a month yet. 
and, and it's going to be out, right? At that point, he, he didn't know it's out, it's going to be a Tuesday. So he says it could be on the <coughs> this day or this day or this day. He didn't go for that, and then it picks them up. That's just the end. That's how it could have been done. Oh, yeah. Many questions. It's, I still think you have a question because it says the opposite. Right. Right. In, in the order. So, so, so I came up with this question last week and I asked a bunch of random people. I asked one guy and he gave me two answers. And then I asked another two people and from those two people each one said one of the, one of the two answers that the other guy said. And then I asked a fourth guy and he also said the same two answers. And then I asked another guy he told me that Rishlam Nizamar Rabbach said the first answer. Okay, so what are the two answers? The first answer this is the one that, that it's also brought down from Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach in Halicha Shleimoy on Purim Perik Yudtes on footnote 23. It says that Haman, even after he decided what day of the month and what month, he still made another girl to come out what day of the week just to see, is Hashem going to help? Do I, am I going to have a special supernatural uh, uh, help from Hashem to, to bring about this? Even, he already came out that it's going to be on Adar, Yud Gimel Adar. And we know that Yud Gimel Adar, I say, was a Tuesday. But he still made a, a girl to see what day of the week, to see if it falls out on a Tuesday, then I know that Hashem really holds what I'm doing. And Taka, that's happened. It came out on a Tuesday. He, had, he, had, he made an extra, me, we're saying, in Achanami, that the, the, the girl of what day of the week is superfluous. But he did it to see, is, is, is Hashem on his side? That's what he was trying to test. And it came out that, yeah, Hashem was on his side. Or Hashem made it appear as if Hashem was, was, was supporting what Haman was trying to do. That's one answer. This is what Hashem basically says. The other answer is also a pretty, pretty partial answer. Says, who said, first of all, we, we don't find that Haman made a girl for what year he's going to do this. Which year? He never said. So it could, we're assuming that it was going to be the next year. But, Lav Dafka. First he made a girl, what day of the month? Yud Gimel. What month? Adar. What day of the week? Tuesday. Now, it happens to be the next year, Yud Gimel Adar falls out on a Tuesday. But if it wouldn't be the next year, maybe he would be doing this in two years from now. So, Lav Dafka was it for that year. You, you hear the answer? You don't like it. Yeah. He was too anxious otherwise. Okay? It was definitely going to be this year. He was going to do it as soon as he could. <coughs> he referred to the astrology for the most propitious time. No, but, but that's the introduction. He's not going to put it off for another. But that's the introduction. First, we started off by saying he was, a, he was a major astrologer. And everything he wants to do, he wants to do it, I'll pee his, his some sort of astro, astrology religion or whatever. With his avoided Zara and black magic and within limits. Within limits. You say he was for sure gonna do it next year anyways. Yeah. Why wait seven years? Right, it could have been up to seven years. No, but if if, uh, if according to astrology that's the best time to do it, so I could hear why he would wait seven years. So, so, that, that, so that's when Haman made a decree that he's going to kill all the Jews. Mordechai heard about this. is And he tore clothes in, in mourning. And he dressed himself in sackcloth and, with, and put ashes upon himself. And he went out to the, to the, to the city, uh, what's it called? To the, 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 square, the city square. And the Radal points out that that's what we in, in Mesachas Tainus, the Gemara talks about the Seder Tainus, exactly how you do it. And at one point, you, at what point you, you take out a Sefer Torah and you daven outside in the street and you daven for, for, for Rachamim and for rain or whatever. So this is the, the Seder that Mordechai was following. And he would scream out and say, Master of the Universes, did you not swear to my ancestors that you're going to make their descendants great, uh, many like the stars of the heavens? And now you made it that their descendants are going to be like slaughtered sheep. How could such a thing happen? That was Mordechai's davening. 
Mishoma Esther. Esther heard. What did Esther hear? So it's before from the Gemara and it could be from the Psukim as well. <coughs> Esther heard that, that Mordechai was in mourning. Esther didn't hear what the decree was. She just heard that Mordechai was, was dressed up in, in sackcloth and whatnot. Mishoma Esther Vetoshash Kaycha. Esther heard and she became very weak. She was very scared or she became very weak. The Gemara says that she was pierced in Nida or whatever. She went and she called out, she, she sent a message and she called Hasach, her, her, her trusty, loyal, uh, advice, uh, whatever, um, servant, to find out from him what was happening. He was the go-to, the, the in-between man between Mordechai and Esther. And he went and he told Mordechai told Hasach everything that happened. And Hasach came back and he told Esther. And Haman saw this Hasach guy going as an in-between between Mordechai and Esther. And he went and he killed him. Because I guess because Haman didn't like Mordechai, so he killed anyone that had to do with Mordechai. So she was now a, not unable to communicate with Mordechai because she didn't have any reliable person that she could relay messages with. So she she decided she herself was going to go to Mordechai. It says in the puzzle, Esther said. But Tamer Esther, Esther said, Lohashiv el Mordechai, to return to Mordechai. The Medrash is making a Joshua that she's saying, Here she's going to return to Mordechai. She herself. Amr Allah, she said to Mordechai, Lech Kinais as Kola Yehudim, Hanim Tsim Bishushan, go and gather all the Jews who are found in Shushan, Vitsumu Allah, and fast for me, Valtaychu, Valtishtu Shleishis, and don't eat and don't drink for three days. And she said, I'm also, me and my, my maids are also going to fast, and then I'm going to go in and I'm going to ask the king for, for, uh, for clemency. We'll speak about that in a moment. About this discussion over here between Mordechai and Esther. These are the three days that Esther said that they should fast. Yud Gimel, Yud and and Tezvav Nisan. Meaning, as the Radal points out, the Pirkei the, Debeleza the understood that Esther wanted to fast for three days and then would have the two, the two parties. On Tez Zayin Nisan, who was the first party, and then Yud Zayin Nisan was when Haman was killed. So you give Yudal Tez fasting, and then Tez Zayin, Yud Zayin parties. The Radal says that Rashi in the Gemara Pashtas understood it differently. The Rashi understood that the, 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 the three days of fasting was Yudalad Tezvav Zion. And that the, the first party happened on the last day of the fasting. And the Radal said, So, how did she eat at the party? So he said it could be to take it that she didn't eat at the party, but, but the Pikachu understood that first was the fasting and then the parties. And, the, and Rashi and the Gemara seems to say that the first day of the parties happened on the last day of the fasting. Okay. Fine. So, so she wanted them to fast. Yud Gimel Yud Dalad Tezvav Nisan. Amar Lo Mordechai. Mordechai said to her, "Vahaloi Yom Shlishi Yom Pesachu." But the last day, the fifteenth of Nisan, that's Pesach. Can't fast on Pesach. Well, what do you want me to do? Amar Loi. So she said to him, "Ata Reish La Sanhedrin Vata Eimer Dovaza." You're the head of the Sanhedrin, and you say such a stupid thing. V'Yemei Yisrael L'Miyah Pesach. If there's no Bnei Yisrael, the Jews are going to be all killed out. For, for who is there a yantav of Pesach? There is no yantav of Pesach. Of other you have to fast. What are we talking about? Pesach. Shalom Mordechai is the Barah. Mordechai listened to her words. And, she, and he did everything that she commanded him. Shinemar, it says in the Pesach, Vaya'avar Mordechai. Mordechai passed. What does it mean Mordechai passed? He transgressed the first day of Pesach without eating. There was also without even eating matzah and mar. The mamish didn't eat anything because that was part of the fast. What? So that's the, that, that's that's the story of Mordechai. The, the 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 discussion between Mordechai and Esther over here, and 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 the decision that they're going to fast, and then she's going to go in and speak to the king. On the third day, she's going to speak to the king. 
Um, in, in the Pirkei of Eliezer, it doesn't go into exactly their whole discussion, but in the Psukim, it, sound, it, it, it sounds like Esther was not so willing to go into, to go into the king and, and, and do this whole thing. If we look good in the Psukim, it says, it says, um, That, that you know, it doesn't say it doesn't say it specifically, but it says that basically Mordechai was through through Hatzlach Mordechai told Esther about this whole thing, and was trying to get her to go to the king and, and ask for clemency. And it says, but, but, but Esther said back, Everybody knows. Everyone who goes into the king without being called into the king is going to be killed. Unless the king puts his golden scepter upon him. And then you can live. And she says, I wasn't called to go into the king for 30 days already. If I go in, it's Mamish going to be Sakhar Savasha. I shouldn't go in. And, more, and then more, and it says that he told Mordechai what she said. Mordechai said, Esther. He said to her, "Al tidami bin Avsheikh liyimorid base hamelach b'kol yudim." Don't think that you're going to be saved, and all the other Jews are going to be destroyed. Kim hacharish tacharishi ba'isa zoyis. If you're going to be quiet and nothing is going to happen, then revach hatzol yamel liyudim b'mokem acher. Hashem is going to bring about revach hatzol salvation to the Jews from from a different angle, and you're going to be destroyed. Umi yedea im leis kazeis. He got Lamachos. Maybe this is the whole reason why Hashem made you become king so that you'd be able to save the Jews. You should go in and, and, and save the Jews. Right? Then it says, okay, okay, so then at some point Esther sort of changes her mind and acquiesces to Mordechai's request. And then she says, Leich, Kinesis, call you and gather up everyone and, and, and fast and daven, and, and then I'm going to go in and speak to the king. But it seems like there was, there was, there was some sort of machoikas between Mordechai and Esther originally whether she should go to the king or not. So what is this machlekes? What, what was she saying? <coughs> so there's a voice over here. There's a sefer called Divrei Agoda from Rav Liashev's Zetzal. These are drushas that Rav Liashev said in the 1950s. I don't know about you, but that's before my, my father was alive. <laughs> but in the 1950s, Rav Liashev said these drushas over here. He's... he's, he's He's coming to say Pshat in the Gemara that we mentioned earlier about Mordechai in the term Inayin. So he has a whole a, a whole cheshben over here. Basically, the Esther was saying that you know the situation is so bad that Api There's no way we can be saved. There's nothing that's going to save us. You know, I can go to the king. He's just going to kill me because you know he doesn't like me anymore. He, he hasn't called me in thirty days, and anyone who goes in without permission is going to get killed. What am I supposed to do? There's nothing to do. There's nothing to do. That's what, that, that, that's what Esther said. There's no, there's no hishtadlis left to do. There's nothing to do. On the other hand, Mordechai said, no, there is what to do. Mordechai said, you know, just like we find, let's say, by, by the Kriyas Yamsuf. So Kalai Yisrael was, was, was on one, in front of them, there's a the sea. Behind them, were the Egyptians. What are they supposed to do? Right? There's always what to do. There is always what to do. You can't, you can't give up. You have to, there's, 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 there's always one way out. And, and in the case of, a, of, of, of the Kriya Siyamsuf, so we had Nachshad bin Amidam jumped in, and always we see now there's a new avenue. The, the sea would actually split and, and make, a, make a nace, and that would bring it about. But the sea only split once Nachshad bin Amidam jumped in. First, you gotta, you gotta jump in and, 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 and do, do one, one last piece of Ishtalas, one last, one last thing, and then that'll help you be able to continue. Hashem will make a nice and take care of the rest of it. Like Chazal say, like, A person is coming to, to purify, so you, Hashem helps them. He, you know, in certain cases, it, it's so bleak that there's no, there is no hope. There's nothing for a person to do. But instead of giving up, if you just you do one more thing, you, you, you push it. Even though there's no way that, that can actually do anything, but you just do that one thing, that's all Hashem wanted you to do. And then from there, Hashem takes care of it, makes a nice and saves, off, sa- saves everything and, 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 and makes it work out. So that's what Mordechai was saying you should do. Yeah, you're right. It, the situation is bleak. There's no hope. We're, we're going to be destroyed. He already made it there. If you go in, 
is going to kill you. But you know, just go, just go and see what happens. We have to do whatever we can. We'll dive in. We'll make it. We'll make a tainus. We'll pray. We'll make sure everything. We'll do what we can. Ask Hashem to make sure that you'll be matziach. But this is the last hope. The last hope is the last hope is that you go into the king and ask him for for, for mercy. So that, that was what Mordechai was. Esther was saying, no, give up. And the derech of Mordechai was, <coughs> <coughs> the derech of Mordechai was, no, you do, do what you can, and then, Hashem will has, and then Hashem will help us finish it off and, and, and make a miracle that everything will work out. And that's the derech of, that, that was the derech of Mordechai. And in the end, Esther agreed with what Mordechai was saying. So it says Rav Liashiv, it says that that's what the Gemara was saying. Mordechai min terminate. We said we, we, we said this idea. Let's say by Kriyas Yamsu, we find this there, but that was before Matan Torah. Where do we find the idea that that you can that you you're, a person is obligated even to do something that's impossible, or to start off to do something that's impossible, and then and then a nace will will will, will finish it off. Where do we find that? You obligate a person to do something that's impossible. It doesn't make any sense. Or, or to obligate a person to start off to do something impossible and say, oh, Hashem is going to where, where do we see such a thing? That's the Gemara's question. Mordechai min minai. We have this machlik, it's Mordechai and Esther. And the Gemara said, where do we know, where do we see a precedent for Mordechai's mahalach? That you're supposed to do something even though, even though it doesn't make any sense and it's just going to, it's just a waste and everything's going to be destroyed anyways. Where, where do we see that from? You already said it, Kriyat What? No, so I said that Kriyat that was before Matan Torah. So you could say that before Matan Torah, things were different. You can make sort of, sort of cheshbonis and rely on miracles in, in that way. But after Matan Torah, when Hashem, we, we have the Torah, we have clear, we have clear, clear uh, boundaries of what you're supposed, what you have to do, what you're supposed, what you're not allowed to do. Whatever. Afterwards, where do we see that we're obligated to do something that, that, that doesn't make any sense, can't bring about any 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 product, and we're obligated to do it? And you're supposed to rely on a miracle that it's going to work out. Where do we find such a thing? So that's the Gemara's question. Mordechai min Minai. So, so, so what's the answer? So the answer is we said from the Shem and Amishra. It says in the Pesukim by Shem and Amishra, Mordoror, a smashed, a smashed myrrh. It said the, the, the Targum says, Mordoror miryadachia, smashed myrrh. What, what does it mean smashed myrrh? What, what, what does the Shem and Amishra have to do with, with Mordechai min Minai? What's the Indian of Shem and Amishra? So if you look at the Gemara Mesachas Harius in the end of Harius in Yudal from Mebez, the Gemara says that Shemena Mishcha Shasa Meisha B'Midbar, the Shemena Mishcha that Meisha Benu made in the Midbar, the oil of anointing. Kamanisim Nasubay Mitchila Ve'atzayf. There were many miracles that happened with it from the beginning to the end. Tchilasa Loyayale Shnei Masay Lugin. In the beginning, when Meisha Benu made the Shemena Mishcha, it was only twelve lug. It's a measurement. And then we, we, the different stages you have to, you, you take 12 lug of oil and then you put different spices in it and then you have to cook it and then this and that. How much of the 12 lug would get absor- um, absorbed into the pot? Now, they don't, didn't have stainless steel like we have. They had pots that would actually absorb stuff. And how much would, the, would, would, get, would get taken out by the fire? And how, and, and how much did they use to anoint the Mishkan, the Kalim, Aaron, Banov, everyone during the Shiv, each day of the Shiva Simeon Maluyim, and they, were, they used it to anoint the Kehanim Gedalim and the, all the kings for generations and generations. And it says the Gemara, it is still exactly 12 log. The Shem and the Mishkan is exactly still the same way it was when it was originally. Now, if you look in the Rambam, in Hilchus Kleim Mikdash, the Rambam talks about halachas of Shem and Mishkan. The halachas of making Shem. Why does the Rambam need to speak about halachas of Shem and Mishra? We have a nace. The Shem and Mishra lasts. The Shem and Mishra that we, that we don't have it now because it's hidden. But when it will be revealed, it will be the exact same Shem and Mishra that Moshe made in the Midbar. So why do I have to talk about the halachas of how to make Shem and Mishra? Why does the Torah tell us to make Shem and Mishra? The whole thing is a miracle anyways. What's the point? Elamai, the Torah is coming to teach us this lesson. That even when you have to be semich on the miracle, even though what you personally are going to do, apidah doesn't actually do anything, and it's just for, is, is completely is, it seems like a complete waste. <coughs> That's what Hashem wants. Hashem wants you to start it off, make the shemen, do what you can to make it, 
you, you, you start making it, I'll meet you halfway and I'll take care of the rest. And from that, Hashem will make out a nace and, 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 make, and make it finish off. So that's the Gemara's answer. Where do you see this Mahalach? That a person is supposed to start doing something, even though it's, it seems like it's for a waste, and rely on the fact that Hashem is going to make a nace that'll continue? That's from the Shem and Mishcha. That's what you see from the Shem and Mishcha. That's the Gemara's answer. Okay, final. I think we'll stop here. Um, yes? Yeah, along these lines, I still have a lot of trouble with the, uh, with the what you said about uh, Mordecai fasting on the Arab Pesach and not having lots of Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you think that eating matzah might bring about a salvation which, which is you're saying this is also a mitzvah making a voluntary I don't know, we find precedent for such a thing. Yeah. In the Gemara, let's say, if, uh, in Halakh we bring down that if a person had a bad dream on Shabbos, so you're allowed to fast on Shabbos. So, so why don't we say, no, maybe whatever gzera, whatever bad gzera is, room is in this dream, so maybe the person is supposed to really eat on Shabbos, and the, 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 the schar of the mitzvah of Oynik Shabbos, that's going to take away the gzera. Why don't we say that? I don't know. Instead we say, no. Fast on Shabbos, and whatever schar you get for fasting, that'll take away the gzera. And then we say that, that, that because you fast on Shabbos, you should make another fast during the week to, to atone for the sin of fasting on Shabbos. Even. I don't know. I, you're asking a good question. How did he? How did? What made him think that the schar of fasting is a bigger schar than the schar of eating matzah? Let's say. Which brings a lot. You, 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 eating the matzah, it's it's all about. It, I mean, a lot of it has to do. It could evoke uh, salvation. Either. Right, right, right. By 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 Yitzchus Mitzrayim, they ate sure. matzah. But by Yitzchus they also had korban pesach and they also had matzah and mortar and everything together. So. Mortar was probably only midrabbanan at this point in history, because there was no base of mikdash. Matzah was was lachar like like we have nowadays. Matzah is dorei, so matzah is dorei then. But maybe he only he thought that only korban pesach would bring. It. I don't know. You're asking a good question, so think about it. What do you think? If the Torah is going to be destroyed, the Jews are going to be destroyed, and therefore the Torah is going to be destroyed. Yeah. Eating, I don't, I don't know. The, the, the fast is supposed to eat matzah. It's a, uh, it seems like eating matzah could evoke a, a nace also. Right. In, in the face of this right. tragedy that it's about to happen. A mitzvah is a mitzvah. You can't un- don't underestimate the power. I don't know. To think about it. All right. Shkoyach for coming. A good talk.